So we got we got the uh, the legend John Peacock in here tonight. Oh, legend, the legend, the king of the Northern Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be king of anywhere. That's the place, isn't it? Yeah. You're making Game of Thrones reference hey, yeah. figured you wouldn't know what it was. I've seen Game of Thrones. I haven't. Yeah. Haven't you? Never seen it. No. Seen, no. Couldn't get into it. No. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Fair call. Yeah, I'm renowned for not seeing any like famous movies or anything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get what the big uh, the big fuss is about. No, I'm kidding. Never yeah. seen Harry Potter. Never seen Lord of the oh, Rings. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I saw a couple of Harry Potters, but then I what lost interest. That's I that guess tracks so. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's hard to keep me concentrated on anything. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming up, mate. I know you got it. Thanks for having us. As I say, I've just listened to a, an episode on the way out and got mm-hmm. some good. Uh, Good insights as to the sort of stuff you're doing, yeah. or not doing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, mate, it's, it's, it's hard and fast around here. Whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, no, no real rules. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, so where, where are you based? Are you in Ballina? No, I live in Lennox Head. Right, which okay. is sort of between Ballina and Byron. Right, okay. Yeah, so Sweet. south of Byron, north of Ballina. Um, been there for about 15 years. Yeah. And uh, sort of, I grew up in Sydney and then I lived overseas for 10 years. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, sweet. Where overseas? Scotland mostly. Oh, true. That's yeah. cool. Do you have Scottish heritage or anything or just... Not really. Um, grand, Not really. Somewhere grand, in there? I got married in a kilt, so that's, <laughs> yeah, okay. that's sort of... Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought I'd seen you in a kilt, but then I remembered it was on your solo show poster. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a dress. Yeah. How rude! Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my grandmother's side. There's some Scottish history, apparently enough to go to Tartan. Yeah, yeah, so, nice, so. nice. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, my um my uncle got married in a kilt for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <'Cause> he wanted <laughs> yeah. to. I actually it's very liberating. Yeah, <laughs> I could imagine. Did you go the jocks underneath? No. Yeah. You can't. Fuck yeah. Got to do it properly. Is that like? That's super frowned upon or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, is it? Would it be seen as disrespectful? Or? Oh, I don't know. How would anyone know? Let me check. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they make you show um, front or back? Yeah, well, either or. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of those mirrors they use at the, at the airport to yeah. check your trolley. Shit. For sure. Um, yeah, they call it a true Scotsman if you uh, if you go sans underwear. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah nice, yeah. sweet. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have the uh, wouldn't have the balls to do that. So <laughs> I was <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. Well, um, yeah. So you, for those that don't know you, which I know some people might not, but you run Comedy Commune. Mm, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Been doing uh, about four years now, I think it is. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's going well. It's uh, it started out as just an idea to. To give people the opportunity to perform, like amateur comedians, and to perform with professionals, and yep. that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, we just seem to just be chugging along, just yeah. doing our thing. And yeah, for sure, it works really well. Yeah, no, nah, it's um, I'm always stoked to jump on one of your gigs, and I know like um, I know everyone I talk to has like nothing bad to like, like to say about you or can't. Uh, comedy commune gig and things yeah. like that. So everyone loves to jump on them. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I think there's something about Comedy being run by comedians, yeah. Um, so you understand what you like for sure, gig and you want all that sort of stuff for for other people. Yeah. And as I say, when I set it up, the idea was just to give people like us amateur comedians the chance to get on the same bill as pros for sure. Yeah. At a pro show. Yeah, people yeah. pay to come and see you and all that sort of stuff. It's just all about experiences. Definitely, yeah. Because the first gig I jumped on for yours was that. Um Mad for a giggle competition, oh, competition at, at Ballina, yeah. yeah. You won a heat, didn't you? Yeah, you yeah, made it through to the final. <laughs> um, but that's what I was going to say. Like, all us amateurs were having a crack, and then um, 
Craig Quartermain was the headliner for that night on my heat. Yeah. It was like it was cool to watch everyone have a crack and then see how someone like yeah. does comedy properly. He was <laughs> blind that night. He was yeah. blind. He could yeah. barely stand up. Yeah, oh, it was so funny. It was just like um, I was just in awe of watching him just sit on a stool and just like embrace the silences yeah. and stuff in the room. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's crazy to have those balls because back then I was just like, words have got to be coming out of my mouth every twenty four seven. Like like. These people can't see any weakness. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I was talking. We um, we do a, a thing once a month that we call the, the shed comedy, and we get people down to the shed where I operate my business out of. And the idea is that comedians come. There's only comedians in the audience, okay. and you you oh, use yeah you use all new material, so stuff that's never been on stage before. And the idea is you get it out in front of an audience, and then you get feedback from yeah. the comedians. Mm. And um, we were talking last night about that, the power of embracing those pauses and mm. sort of relishing the silences. Like, oh, I love just having a silence, just yeah. having the room in complete silence yeah. and just sort of looking around and who's going to break first, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. What's going to happen? Um, obviously, the, the unintentional silence is not so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had plenty of that this week. Uh, um, That's my whole set. Yeah, <laughs> it, it literally has been this week. Um, yeah, a couple of rough ones in the bag, but you've got to have them. Yeah, um, yeah. I've only just got confident in like my material to embrace those pauses. Like yeah. I was saying that on here a couple of weeks ago, and it like it it almost is liberating to just wait for someone to break. I guess, mm. and like I guess with where I've got some of my material at. Now, I feel like I know they're going to break if I stop yes. for long enough. Yes. <laughs> like, obviously, you don't want to be standing there for a minute and yeah. be like, come on, I've got to it'll keep going. It'll happen. Yeah. In a five-minute yeah. set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's happened before, in the early days. Um, but, yeah, the, the whole shed concept, that was something I wanted to talk to you about. That's, mm. a, that's a cool thing that no one else that I know is really doing from the sunny coast down to the northern rivers. Yeah. Um, it's not intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, so that was that purely, again, just to help out other comedians or to help you hone it's your well own? both, boat? really, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I get so much out of all of those things that I do, like promoting a gig, being on my own gigs, all the shit mm. sort of stuff. And initially what it was, two or three of us would get together and one of us would cook dinner and the rest of us would just sort of... Yeah. Just write jokes together. Yeah, that's cool. And then we thought, well, fuck, we can't do a dinner for 14 people. Mm. So let's go to the shed and we'll set the stage up and put the lights on. We'll set the sound up and have proper mics and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. uh, just make it as close to a gig as we possibly could. We actually sit the rest of the comics in an audience sort of thing. So when you're on stage, you're actually delivering your jokes like you would on a normal stage. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I've gotten some great jokes out of it. Some of my best jokes have come out of yeah. the yeah. shed. I've heard, I've heard a few people say that um, they'll do a joke and it'll smash and then they'll, like, we'll be chatting after the gig and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'd, like, hone that one down in the shed. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, the proving yeah. grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. yet to come down there. I was, um, I was trying to tee up with, because Cody came down last yeah. night and I was trying to tee up with him but didn't, uh, didn't coordinate properly for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I reckon... Whenever the next one is, I'm for sure going to yeah, try and man. write some shit to come down there. So I try. Even like people just get up with a premise. Yeah. Say, so I thought of this thing, mm. women and ducks. And, yeah, yeah. And then the in amongst the audience, we just sort of workshop it out. And then you, it, oh, so it's just like a back and forth thing, not a. Mm, can okay. be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can be. Yeah, that's um, so cool. Like I had three prepared bits 
last night, which were all written. So written comedy is much different to spoken comedy. So mm-hmm. you write mm. a piece of prose and then if you read that bit of prose, it's not funny. There's, there's snippets of funny in it. Yeah. So then how do you turn that funny bit into something that's going to translate to the stage? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, set up, punch, set up, punch, set up, punch, all that sort of thing. Um, and just the, the practice of, like, you and I, we would normally write a bit that we take it to an open mic, mm-hmm. we try it in an open mic in front of an audience that we don't know, get no feedback as to why it didn't work, and mm-hmm. then do it again the next week. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> may that, or may not change that, something. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened to me on Thursday night. Just grind the wheel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I ran two new bits on Thursday night, and it was, um, like, I started with three of my bits that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and they weren't working. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, I really don't want to try this new stuff. But it's like that thing of, if you don't try it, then when are you going to try exactly. it? Like, you know, exactly. Where were you? Uh, Kickstart. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, smaller crowd than usual. But, yeah. um, and I was last of, last of the night. So, okay. let's say the yeah. crowd was tired. The clothes <laughs> <off>. <laughs> Yeah. You've had a tough run there. I saw a video on your on your socials you know, <laughs> yeah. when you got on stage and everyone yeah, just left before you'd said a word. <laughs> that, that was a rough one. Yeah, we've yeah. seen this guy before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Um, yeah, Monday night was an empty room where I was, and was then that the F switch one. Yeah, I heard yeah, yeah. yeah. So telling me it was Scott Fowler. Was yeah, Scott that. came up for it, and he was like. Um, I was chatting to him after it. So Scott's another. Where's he? He lives in Coffs, Coffs doesn't he? He's two hours south of us. So he's driven to. Co- he's driven from Coffs to Ipswich for an empty room. Oh man, he's five he's, hours he's, each way. Oh, just, couldn't believe it. He's, he wasn't here for any other reason. No. Nah, just to do that. And like, he's got one of the best attitudes. Like, just he's like, oh, at least I got to get up and get the yeah, words out yeah, and things yeah. like that. So every time I talk to him, I, that's one of. Every time I see him, I'm like, how long did it take you tonight? And he's like five hours or yeah. six hours or something and I'm like that's insane like but he's a testament to doing the work you know and I think sure. that's so important like I've just given him a, a paid spot um the end of this month to yep. one of our curated gigs because I've seen him progress as a mm, comedian 100 um he was there last night and he just had people in stitches like yeah, this new yeah. stuff that he just thought of yeah he's a funny brilliant. guy for sure brilliant. so he's going to really come along yeah um yeah you're gonna have to keep an eye on him yeah definitely yeah <laughs> yeah he's like um because he was telling me a few nights before that he went down to Newcastle. And yes. I'm like, jeez. And I think that when I see all you Northern River, Northern River boys, I'm like, you must rack up some Ks and some yeah. like fuel bills. Yeah, I'm sort of over the border three or four times a week. That's crazy. Um, Gold Coast just feels like a home game. Like I was yeah. at Palm Beach the other day. I just thought, oh, fuck, how good's this? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be home in an hour. <laughs> yeah. No, that's how I feel with, um, with Fitzies. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is so good. I'll be home yeah. in 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's always nice. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I've always always wondered that with all you boys. Like when I see Mamone and stuff pop up here, I'm like, fucking like the fuel bill because I see my fuel bill and it's like astronomical. And then yeah. you boys just seems like investing electric car worthy. I don't know. I know Nick Carr did. Um, he bought an electric car, but I think that was half for his business as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, while we're still on you helping out, like the the younger, younger people. <laughs> I've uh, I've given <laughs> given some flowers to you on on this podcast a couple of times because <laughs> when I went to start um, start r- trying to dabble in running my own gigs, mm. I reached out to you and you were just like, you gave me this full like rundown of just like um, almost like charges and like a little bit of how to run a room mm. and things like that and like yeah, guess guess I just wanted to say I'm 
super appreciative of that in oh, person. Thank you. Um, um, yeah, I think it's really important. I don't like I've been in business all well, all my professional life, and I've just sort of I've never really looked at competition. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think competition's a good thing. I think if there's more people doing what you do, it creates a demand. I think it's a it's a really positive thing. Yeah. So if someone's coming along and they want to start a room, I'd give them as much advice as I possibly can because mm-hmm. I want their room to be good. Yeah, hundred percent. Get a salad view of like, oh, let's not go watch any comedy now. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, And that happens all the time, you know, mm-hmm. people go to, um, we were at the Newmarket the other night and um, I was talking to Peter James, we were just at the door and this couple came in, they said, oh, comedy's on. And um, the, the wife looked at the banner and she said, oh, it's open mic. And the husband goes, oh, fuck that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then they just left. <laughs> that's encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's... Uh, with, the open mic scene is tainted, I think, really. Yeah. So if the room can be as good as it possibly can, you're putting on a bit of a show, you know, there's music, the lights work and the mics work and all the stuff yep. goes the way it's meant to go. Um, I think it gives people that positive uh, uh, opinion of, of the way the, the gig runs. Yeah, definitely, 100%. I, um, yeah, I, I had a little bit of a... Because the room I was trying to run was more curated. I was trying to get an open mic across, but it's like... I don't know how you guys do it. It's just, it's it's a hard sell, and I think it's because of that. Like they're like, oh, we've run an open mic here ten years ago or something, and it was just yeah, just people up there basically dribbling for yeah. five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean that happens too. Yeah. I mean we always try and put a like a pro MC on or have a pro somewhere in the lineup. So yeah. people are always going to get something that's going to give make a little them bit laugh. of light. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think also the venue needs to invest in the in the event. Like it can't yep. just be, here's a space, put a show on. Yeah, yeah. had an argument with a guy a couple of weeks ago. We did a show in Call and Gatter, and he, he wanted me to fill his room. Right. And I said, all I can do is give you the entertainment, and we'll help you with the marketing, but you've got to go out and get people to come. Yeah. Like, it's not my job to fill your venue. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, no, I... Um, it's interesting. Definitely know, know that <laughs> a little bit without going yeah. into much detail. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you you did just come off the back of one of your solo. Well, is it your first solo show? Uh, no, it's the third hour I've done. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, How long have you been doing comedy? Well, we're... about eight years. Okay, sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you must have been up there, but then when you said before, give us new guys a, a crack. <laughs> I'm like, please don't tell me John's been doing this the same time I have. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, I I think um, you know, there's there's guys that are clearly professional comedians, and then I think there's the rest of us. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're doing your first gig or um, someone else is doing their 300th gig, but mm. they've still got a day job, they're still going to work tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. We're all on the same level, you know. Some of us are getting paid to do to do spots, others are not getting paid to do spots, but mm. we're still all aspiring to get to that point. Definitely, yeah. It's, um, it was crazy. I did a gig down in um, Mwillenbar for mm. Curb, the yeah. other couple months ago now and we all got up and reed willoughby was on the same lineup and we both had amazing sets in our eyes like we felt like we crushed and then steve whiteley was the headliner and he just got up and as soon as the mic hit his hand he just had this crowd like yeah just wherever he wanted him and i remember i leaned over to reed and i'm like it's crazy like hopefully in 20 years like that's what we can do to yeah they're his people, in fairness, so he's, <laughs> yeah. always, he's always going to do well there. Yeah. But I did a little tour with him down to Newcastle. We did the Newcastle Comedy Club on the Friday, Saturday night, and then we did a, a split bill on the Saturday before the showcase. Mm. 
And he's just such a lovely guy. For sure, and yeah. Talking about what we were talking about just previously about um, you know doing your best to, to help people coming through. He's he's so welcoming yep. and so accommodating in, in giving that advice and information. For sure, he um, it was super nice. He's like covered in tattoos and he's got like crazy hair, so he seems like scary. Yeah. And you know how I am in social environments. I I struggle to talk to anyone, so I was sort of standoffish and stuff. And after that night, he came over to me, shook my hand, and. Normally everyone's like, oh, great set or whatever. But I remember he shook my hand. He's like, oh, I hope to work with you again. And I'm like, oh, it's cool to hear, like, yeah. work with you again. Like, that's a cool Different little sentence. Way, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, that, I noticed that there's definitely levels to this game. Yeah, and yeah. I think, you know, the, the, I've found anyway that the vast majority of, of pro comics are very helpful and accommodating. Yeah. There's only a few arseholes. Um, yeah. And they tend to get ostracised because we're all... Like a little collective, like we spend a lot of time together. Mm, and if sure. someone's an arsehole, they're going to get ostracised from the rest of the group. Yeah, definitely. Quite quickly. Yeah, I was, um, again, I was talking to some people at a gig the other night, and I was like, oh, I feel like some of the bigger names in the scene are sort of starting to embrace me a little bit more at gigs and stuff like that. Yeah. And the girl I was talking to, she's like, oh, um, and she's always been nice to me, Gemma Bailey. Just um, wait. <laughs> yeah, no, she goes, oh, You'll notice that they a lot of the people just wait to see if you're going to stick around, yes. sort of thing. Because right. I've noticed that as well. The amount of people this scene churns through, like mm. you'll be like, "Oh, where's where's Billy? Like yeah. he was good, and he's just yeah." But it is hard work, like, oh, you've, hard and you've got to work if you if you're going to be any good. Yeah. It's, um, you know, as I say, I come up three or four times a week over the border, and can be like Scott can be a five hour round trip yeah. for mm. five minutes on stage. Yeah. For no pay, it cost me seventy five bucks in petrol. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what I mean. It's, it's comes insane. with beers and something to eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge investment for possibly like what happened to Scott. Like, yeah, yeah, turn up, no, no people there, but, but it was still a fun gig. We still made it fun for yeah. like, each other there and yeah, things like great. that. So, yeah. and I guess the alternative is that you don't do it, you never get any better, and you, yeah, you're stuck in the mind. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was fun. Well, you're yeah, the people that drop out and like disappear. Like you end up becoming that person. Oh, well, yeah, that's yeah. that's always a risk. I mean, I've had a couple of moments where I'm like, it's all too hard, throw my hands up in the air, but I'm so glad I've, like, dug my heels in and, and stuck yeah. to it. Yeah. it. This week's, like, this week's genuinely probably been one of the hardest, especially for the two gigs I went to. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but our youngest son is just, like, he's started struggling with, like, daddy going out at night oh, and shit right. like that, and he's just, like latched onto my leg and I'm trying to like get out the door and I'm like fuck like this sucks and then that's hard yeah. yeah for sure and then it'll just like that whole drive to the gig I'm like oh fuck like I, I should be home sort of thing and then it'll all be worth it one day and then I get to the yeah. gig and I'm like fuck Street people, is right? this worth it <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta do it like, yeah it's, it's a it's a hard hard uh, hard yak but yeah. it's got a It'll all, then, it'll all work out one day. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. And yeah. Even if it doesn't, what a, what a fantastic hobby. Yeah. Um, I always think, someone said to me the other day, like, if you if you won the lottery tomorrow, would you still do an open mic comedy gig? And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, of course yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Like, like no. I'd probably be in London after a first time, <laughs> yeah. but I'd still do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they are, they are fun. They are fun, for sure. Open mic in Europe. Yeah. yeah. No, tour of the world doing open mics. Yeah. <laughs> Unpaid. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't no. know, um, when we were in, we were, sorry to interrupt, we were in, right. in Stockholm in June, um, my wife's Swedish, and we were we were there, for, it's the first time she'd been back since before COVID sort of yep. thing, so it was really nice to see lots of friends and that sort of thing. And I got up to do an open mic and in just a, a club, an English-speaking club, and um, I did well, and the guy 
when he took me off stage, he said, oh, that's going to be a headliner for next week. I thought, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to get paid. <laughs> 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 Didn't get paid, I just had to do more time. <laughs> oh, man. How, how long was the spot, the headline? Uh, the headline was only 15. Okay, yeah, yeah, sweet. They did, a, um, they did the first half in English and the second half in, in Swedish. True. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because so there's, there's so many immigrants there and a lot of people speak English as a... If not a first language, a second language. Yeah. Better than they speak Swedish. True. And the Swedes all speak English too, of course. So, it's, um, so yeah, they do this sort of half and half thing, and I close the first half headline spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah nice. Love it. Um, yeah, but back to your solo show. So you did. You're in the Good Chat uh, yeah. Festival, is it? Is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's cool. Um, I liked your your show name. It was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. So I put that out to the people. Yeah. Because I. I'd, Sort of gave a synopsis of what the show was going to be about, and the idea is that it's um, went from being carpet cleaner of the year in 2012 to being a, okay. a burgeoning um, professional comedian sort of thing. So we got all the sort of things, you know, like sweep it under the carpet, magic right. carpet ride, all this sort of thing. Then someone came up with carpet diem. <laughs> that's sort of fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. How'd that go? That it went well. Yeah, it went well. It's um. Again, I'd been overseas just before I did it, so I hadn't had I hadn't been on stage for two weeks before that gig, which was a bit awkward. Um, and I'd sort of been away from home for three and a half weeks before we did that one. So yep. it's just I was a bit rusty. I missed a couple of bits, but I think the bones are there. Yeah, sweet. So um, I'm sort of teeing up to take it to Perth, Adelaide, and Melbourne now for that's the festivals cool. and um, see what see what we can develop. See what, yeah, see what yeah. comes of it. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. It's um, again we we're talking about this the other week, like. It blows my mind that I'm like, I feel like I've got 10 minutes at the moment mm. and it's like, it's been such a slog to get to that 10 minutes and it's like, like to get to an hour of just good material, mm. like, like. Oh, it's not all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Bullshit. all good. That's some shit in it. You're embracing those one minute silence. Oh, yeah. That's what's all yeah, 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 like, yeah. Push, push them out for five <laughs> or six. <laughs> Come no. with me, we're going on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, um, yeah, I've seen you destroy rooms, which is, yeah, some of your stuff is, I explained one of your jokes the other day to my wife, because um, when you did your solo show, I don't know if I got like serious fear of missing out or something yeah. like that, but that afternoon I'm like, I want to come and watch the show and blah, blah, blah. So I was trying to tee it up with my wife. And I tried to explain your carpet cleaning of the year joke. <laughs> and she, I guess coming from me, she was just like, well, I don't like funny. You don't want to see him. <laughs> That'd be shit. I'm like, you have to see I'm like, you have to see him do it. And like, I've seen you open with that joke so many times and it just, it crushes. Like, obviously don't give it away on here, but yeah, it's, it's fucking hilarious. So yeah. that's a... That's a legitimate title you did win Carpet Cleaner. Wow, well, <laughs> I'm part of a franchise group. Okay, right. So, and we won, we won the Fran- Australian franchise of the year, which okay. is just as easy enough to turn Still into Australian it. Carpet Cleaner of the yeah. Year, yeah, nice. which isn't a real title. So, <laughs> but I've you got didn't a get trophy. A no, I've, yeah. got a tr- I've got a trophy. They gave me an iPad. So, <laughs> <laughs> what more can you ask for? No, no. Yeah, nice. No, no. no, that's cool. I've uh, <laughs> I've never been anything of the year. Have you? You can nah. You can be whatever you want to be. Yeah, oh, just thanks. make something up. That's yeah, I'll be pod- like, podcaster of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's like in America where they say like they're world champions, but it's like the only country that plays the sport. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The World Series. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Um, I know I gave you super low, late notice, Asavo. I shot you a message. I can. I forgot to give you the whole concept of the yeah. podcast. So, 
when we have guests in recently, we've been asking them about their can't get any worse moment. Have you got anything in the back of your head there? I was going to tell you a story about when we stole a car, but and then, then Richie and Jay did that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they could drive there. It's like I, we, we were younger, me and my mate. Like I grew up in a, a really affluent, posh part of Sydney, um, and I was babysitting for the guys that lived next door. Mm. They went away for the weekend, and I had access to their house and to their car. So we're 12 or 13, myself and a mate. And we're, neither of us ever driven a car, like never been in it. Like been in a car, obviously, but never driven one. And I just saw the keys were in this vehicle that was sit, sat in the garage. I said to my mate, come round and we'll take this car for a spin. So we thought, okay, and he drove, and I don't know how he'd learned to drive. It was an automatic, so it was easy. Yeah, to, yeah. In retrospect, easy to drive. And we're driving all around. We went to visit mates and we did all the, all the stuff. We're up and down the Pacific Highway, 12, 13 years of age. And <laughs> he lived over the other side of the suburb to where I lived, but we had the Pacific Highway between our two sides of the suburb. Yeah. So we drove, or he drove back to his place and then he got out and went home. And then I had to somehow get this vehicle back to the house next door to us. Right. But I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like, I just could not... I can get yeah. it to go. Yeah, I, I had sure. no idea how to... It was an automatic, and as I say. And eventually, like, it must have been... It would have only been five or six kilometres that I had to get it, and I was sort of, sort of crawling along these cities, uh, these suburban streets, sort of foot on one foot on the brake, one foot on the accelerator. Sort of, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. If a copper had seen me, I would have been yeah, pulled over. Sure. Well, I couldn't have pulled over anyway, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to cast off. I um, and then I, I was so traumatised, like I was in tears and I was absolutely distraught yeah. at this thing. And I, I got across the Pacific Highway and then I was on the outside of the, the highway. And then I was just driving down this, this last little bit. And then I got to there, they had a, like an electric roller door and I pushed the button and the roller door went up. And then I tried to get the thing in to the... But Obviously, there was room for it, but yeah. I, I couldn't negotiate yeah. Yeah, that yeah. it was going to fit there. Mm-hmm. So I just ended up leaving it on the driveway, <laughs> like in front of their garage. Yeah. And then I just closed the garage door and put the key back inside. No one ever mentioned it. So oh, really? I, God, I, I just assumed. I assumed they thought they must have left it out. Yeah. <laughs> I never would have had the balls to do anything like that when I was younger. No. No, no. Were you scared the whole time that someone's going to say something? Yeah, like paranoid, like particularly when I was driving it myself and I had no idea how to do it. That's crazy. And, um, as I say, like, lucky I didn't hit anything mm. or anyone mm. or get hit. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, fuck well, yeah, that stick, that paranoia linger around for a couple of days or whatever. <laughs> you wait, wait for the knock on the door. Yeah. yeah, well, then that was the other thing. I had to wait for them to get home. Yeah. And then the, the possible repercussions of that, which never eventuated. So yeah. that was okay. And, uh, yeah, weird. Still weighs on the soul to this day. It does, yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah. And I still uh, sort of, when I, I still drive an automatic with two feet sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Just, for, just for old time's sake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I used to be bad for that. Really? I, I tried. Yeah. I can't do it. Really? No. I don't know why I did it. I don't know. Yeah. My left was just so. Our word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, jam the brakes on. Yeah. yeah. No, I never stole a car, but I remember um, we're from uh, Gundawindi, like a small little country yeah. town. Mm. Um, anyway, we moved up here when I was in like grade three or four, I think I was. Anyway, when I got to grade 10, a new teacher started at the school mm. 
she's reading the rollout, and then she goes, James Misson? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, uh, you don't have family down in Gundawindi, do you? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And she's like, is your cousin Lyndon? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, mm, I'll be keeping my eye on you. And apparently... <laughs> Apparently, he stole a teacher's car. <laughs> he stole a teacher's car during his lunch break, took it down beside the river, forgot to put the handbrake on, and this oh, thing rolled in the river. Oh, gosh. And then now I'm getting my... Yeah. Like, I'm getting looked at because of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I told her, I'm like, I would not have the balls to do that. No, I would remember to put the handbrake on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, again, I would never... Never do that. Mm. But I know what you mean with the autos and, like, stressing out. With, I, again, now these days it seems so simple. Yeah, obviously, yeah. But I, um, my first car was this old Holden VK Commodore, right? We bought it. It didn't run. It was a complete shitbox, and my dad spent hours getting this thing running, yeah. getting it, like, pretty pretty schmick for a first car, right? yeah. and I loved it. Um, within... A week of me having my P-plates, one of my mates and I would, I was driving one of my mates to school and he goes, oh, I'll do a skid around the corner. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> just young and dumb. <laughs> so I've done the skid and it's going sweet and then obviously it starts to fishtail on itself and I don't know what to do then. Yeah. So I'm just like, like <laughs> more or less. <laughs> I freaked out and then it was right on the corner of like a boulder, like boulder retaining wall company. Yeah. So I've just nosed into all these big boulders and shit. And I'm freaking out. I think it crushed you. Yeah, well, I, it fucked the front of the car. Yeah. Um, and I'm freaking out and it's not, the key's not turning. And I'm like panicking. I'm like, fuck, I've blown the car up, blah, blah, blah. And the business owner comes running out. He's blowing up. And he's like, you're a fucking dickhead. I saw the whole thing. And I'm like, I know. Like, I'm so sorry. And then he's like, he looked at his rocks and he's like, well, obviously there's no damage to my rocks. <laughs> <laughs> my rocks still look like rocks. Yeah. They're good rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes... um, he goes, oh, does it drive? And I'm like, no, nah, it's fucking blown up, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, give me a look. And he jumped in. He's like, you've got it in park. You f- uh, no, he's like, you've still got it in drive, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Put it in park when we started up. He's like, drive home, you fuckhead. I'm like, but yeah. Was we, um, yeah, dad didn't talk to me for like a week. Oh, <laughs> Probably, it would have been about uh, that. My first ever car was a 73 Corolla. Yeah. And um, me and a mate. We decided we'd take it to the the oval at the school we went to and okay. do, do donuts on the oval. <laughs> How old were you for this one? Oh, I was toward, getting towards the end, so sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. Right? Um, I had my I had my old plates, but but not my piece. Yeah. So okay. I, I, I knew how to drive the car, but I wasn't allowed to drive it on the road. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're doing donuts on the on the oval, which was which was great. And then we decided we'd drive up through the school. And we started doing donuts on the front lawn, like outside the, the administration <laughs> building. And then we got out of the car to look at the, the handiwork. Yeah. Right. And then I forgot to put the car in gear or put the handbrake on. Yeah. Or turn the engine off. <laughs> what turn <laughs> the engine off? <laughs> 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 we, we got out. We got out. We're looking at the donuts and saying, oh, fuck, that's cool. And then uh, <laughs> next thing we hear, bang, the car's rolled into the front fence of the school. And then we had to, we had to get the car... Then we got bogged. We had to get the car out of the front lawn and off the front fence, and then I had to get it home. Mm. And we lived in an apartment building in Surface Paradise at the time. And um, I then had to get this, uh, like, bollard that was in the car park, mm. and I had to smash my car up with it and pretend that it had happened. <laughs> like, pretend, <laughs> someone, pretend someone had vandalised it. 
And then I had to go, I had to get some other cars as well. But I obviously I didn't you get You went and damaged other cars. I didn't, well, I did. I did, but I didn't get them with the bollard. So I was just like, oh, you can have a scratch with the cake. Oh, shit. <laughs> the best part of that is I had to get this yeah. bollard. Yeah. I, I had to work. <laughs> Somehow I had to explain why I had this massive pole-shaped dent in the front of a car without having taken it out when I wasn't licensed to do so. So that was I've had a bad run of cars. Sounds like it. <laughs> no, sounds like you were quite rebellious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I've just never spoiled, had, mate. Just spoiled. Yeah, I've awesome. never had the balls to do that either. You okay? No, oh, you, you just no way. You took a car, but have you ever like stolen anything allegedly? <laughs> uh, I remember. So this is like scarred in my memory again, and I never did it, but. Mum thought I did it. So we were walking through Coles one day and there was an open basketball toy packet yeah. on the shelf. Like someone had taken it off the shelf, opened it. I don't know if they stole something yeah. out of it or something. So she was looking at the like Cocoa Pops or something. I've like, I'm playing with the basketball and net, basketball net and stuff that was left in the packet. Mm. And just then security must have been watching the camera. They've come down and got me on the shoulder and they're like, oh, tell them mum I stole this thing. And she's fucking lost it. She's like, fucking, you're not a thief, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah. Cops are hiding for that one. And then what, like, where's the ball? The ball wasn't in the packet. No, 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 so I like, think somebody opened it, stole the no, ball. No, I get that. But I was like, you were getting in shit for having the ball, having opened it? I, stealing it. Yeah. They, security thought I opened it and I was slowly stealing yeah. one by one because on the camera it must have yeah. looked like I was playing with it or something. But <laughs> never... I don't think I've actually stolen anything, but that's the only stealing memory I can think of. <laughs> Have you stolen anything? Uh, You're a big time stealer. You're a magician. <laughs> Adrian yeah. practices magic. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, not really. Other than I'm trying to think, like you know, like corner stores and like that have like jars of lollies and stuff. Yeah. I think when I was little, I'd taken a couple of lollies or something. Maybe. Yeah, right. But nothing like crazy. Sounds like you're a bit of a bitch then. Yeah. I, uh, I had yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to calm old JP's nerves when he walked in the room here because <laughs> those, those, that watch, so <laughs> those that watch the podcast regularly know that Adrian's got this stupid little flick knife bottle <laughs> opener thing and JP's walked in my, uh, my garage studio thing and Adrian's just sitting here in the corner flicking it. I, I, I had to get on the front foot so quickly. I'm so like, it's not a real knife. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I was just thinking how freaked out, freaked out I'd be if some guy's just like, oh, just in this room. Yeah. It's just some dude flicking a knife. <laughs> flicking a knife. Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. Um, so, what, so you plan on touring your show to mm. those festivals? I um, think so. Well, yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah you are? All locked mm. in, ready to yeah. go? So when last year we took the, the Comedy Commune to Adelaide and Melbourne and we did some line-up shows at the, yeah. at the festivals. And um, So we're going to do those again and then um, I'll do a few of the, the solo show as well. Yeah, that's cool. You, there. you got a um, venue and all that sus down there? Same Just one working on Perth or? at the moment okay. and uh, Adelaide and Melbourne I'll do after that because Perth's in January okay. and then you go to Adelaide then you go to Melbourne. So, so. Yeah, sweet. Have you done Perth before? No. Yeah, sweet. I've heard um, in the last couple of months I've heard like amazing things about Perth mm. and I don't know, must be like a booming comedy scene over there from what I've heard. I think they're quite a sort of finite group of comedians and mm. they need people from the East Coast to come over. Right, okay. So they get some new material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're sort of paying reasonably well. And yeah. Um, they can give you a decent sort of run. You can do four or five nights in, in the run. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's worth going. I think Richie went. 
Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Richie Thomas, who was on the pod mm. with Jay Wong. Yeah, he went over there. So that that's cool. I was um, I was talking to someone at a gig. Who was it? Uh, Brian Freeman. Oh, I, yeah. think, I think he went over there as yes. well. Um, and he was like, it's, it just seems like, um, like, cause obviously there's a big mining population in Perth and stuff. So they seem to have the money in the area to, to try and boost yeah. this scene. Um, which is cool. Like, I mean, fucking, it sounds magical to fly over to Perth and do comedy. Like it's on the other side of Australia. Like, I was talking to I mean, Brian though. He did that like a four or five night run. He said, oh, you get a hundred for this and 200 for that. And if you win this competition, you get another 300. Yeah. Like, adding it all up. It's like, Okay, you got eight hundred bucks for the four or five days. Yeah, you looked at flights. So fucking eight hundred dollars <laughs> <Yeah. returns. laughs> returns. Still not making any money. Drive to Ipswich and perform to no one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. It's um, yeah, it's it's cool. It's like it'd just be cool to be in front of because again, the photos I see, like the crowd looks mm. cute. But again, you can make photos look what like whatever I guess, but. Yeah. It looks like a cool room to do. Yeah. Um, and I think it's always good to tell your jokes to people that haven't heard them before. Definitely, you know, yeah. You know, you get a bit stale just doing, belting out the same stuff time after time after time. And For sure, especially some of these local rooms, like, they've got their regulars that do come back every month or something, yeah. and it's like, I almost feel like a fraud standing up there, and, like, I'm like, oh, I know you two at the back have heard this, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other 20 haven't heard it. And the whole time I'm saying it, I'm like, fuck. I should have prepared new stuff for these two <laughs> people. Like, but yeah, it's um, it's a fun game. Yeah, it's a fun game. Was that a real revelation to you when you started that people do the same gear over and over again? Definitely. Yeah. yeah when too. I yeah when I first started, I remember asking um, the room runner that I got in with. I was like, I did my first open mic, and then he's like, "Oh, do you want to spot at this one?" And I'm like, "Should should I write a whole new five or like?" He's like, oh. oh, entirely up to you. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I'll be amazed. <laughs> but yeah, basically, that last five was dog shit. So <laughs> maybe, maybe you should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> now I know what he meant. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that did blow my mind completely. Um, and then, again, another guy that's helped me out through the whole time, Nick Carr, mm. he pulled me aside at one gig because... I don't know why, we just landed maybe a few in a row together, um, magically. And he come up to me after a gig and he goes, it's amazing that you're writing so much. And he goes, but try and hone a solid five minutes and then once you've got that comfortable, then break off from there. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't want to be that guy at the open mics doing the same material every night. Mm. So, like, blah, blah, blah. And then leading up to Raw, I just, for a couple of months before, I just focused on that five and got yeah. it as good as I could and then I feel like that helped me more than anything really sure and it's amazing how good it gets yeah I had my first five and sit down and someone said to me just do exactly that you know mm. work out what your best five is and just rehearse and rehearse and practice practice definitely and time we got on stage like it's just second nature and there's nothing to think about it's That's just it. flowing out of you yep. um, everything's sort of working really nicely yeah, definitely. So there's something in it. I just get so fucking bored. That's where I'm at at the moment. So That's bored. Yeah. I, I tried two new, ju- new, two new jokes on Thursday. They were complete dog shit. Got yeah. nothing from the room. And it was just, it was purely because of that. I'm just bored of my material, I guess. Like, yeah. um, which is pretty easy when you've only got 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So what's your rule with a new bit? How many times do you give it? Uh, I'll probably give it... I don't like... I recorded my set and I yeah. listened back to it and it definitely needs work. Yeah. Um, so maybe like 
three or four. Um, if I've got no reaction after that, after honing it down and trimming some some off that, then I might go, okay, I'm fucking an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't funny. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've uh, also got like a little writing group with a couple of the boys in the local scene. Yeah, great. Um, Cody's part of that as well. So yeah. quite often we'll just shoot a premise and they'll be like, oh, there might be something in that. We'll write a bit and then we'll do a, a FaceTime call yeah. once a month or something. Um, and then you've spent a month writing this bit just for them to go, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, again, it comes back to, like you said, like everyone helping each other in the scene and things like that, which is... It's super helpful before you do get up on stage and make a dick of yourself, like, which I was doing sure. at the start. Like, so, yeah, some of the, which is another thing I was talking to Gemma about. I'm like, I don't blame some of these bigger people not talking to me up until now. Like, mm. I hope they forget what I used to get up and <laughs> on stage. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was fucking awful. Yeah. Like, still am, but. <laughs> I don't think I've asked you how much of, like, when you write something, do you actually vocally say out loud and like run through out loud or is it all just like you know you say it in your head write it in your head yeah so that's that's another thing I got like uh, I've started playing with at the moment as well I'm keen to see your sort of writing process as well um, but I used to just write a full joke out and then I would repeat like I'd memorise it and I'd repeat it word for word on stage and then when I'd listen back to the recordings I'm like it sounds like I'm reading a book on stage sort of thing like it sounded over rehearsed and yeah. just like shit basically so the last four to six months I guess I'll write I'll still write the joke out in full but then I'll memorise the tags or the crucial bits of the joke that need to be there mm. and then I'll just I've again similar to your shed I've set up my office with a mic stand and a little mm. like shit like that just to make me comfortable saying it yeah. and I'll talk it through and as I'm talking it through, I'm like, oh, well, that doesn't need to be there or this would sound better with my voice than this, like, posh English fucking accent yeah. I've written in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because my writing is completely different to my talking. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm super prim and proper on text. Interesting. And, I think everyone does it differently. I yeah. That's, I was talking to Stephen K. Amos, the British comedian, and he was telling me that what he does is similar to you. He, he writes the whole thing out, A to Z, and he learns it. From yeah. beginning to end, yeah, and then when he gets on stage, he'll just talk to the bit, right? Okay, um, but he's always got the the knowledge in the back of his head. So if he needs to come back to it and repeat or or give you that particular line, he can give you that line. That's cool. But he's just talking around the subject and seeing where it develops. And obviously, you need heaps of experience to be able to definitely. Do that. Yeah, I've again, I've heard um, some of the like professional comedians say they'll just almost go to stage with a premise and mm. talk it out, and I'm like. That's crazy. Terrifies me. Terrifies me. Again, hopefully one day I can get there, but at the moment I'm like, I'd be, I'd be talking for 10 minutes before I got to like yeah. anything funny. Like, Yeah, no, I, I can't. I like that idea. I, like you, I'd, I'd love to be able to do it, but I don't think I can. Yeah. Maybe uh, one day, but not at the moment. That's it, yeah. I don't think it's in me at the moment. But yeah, I've, I've got to write it out from almost premise to full story just to see almost where I'm going with yeah. it sort of thing because I don't know why like I, I've got one of the most messed up brains ever <laughs> which we've <laughs> which we've found out from doing this podcast um, but it's like yeah I almost can't picture it until I've like formulated it on the screen yes. and just 
almost gone on a journey with my fingers. Yeah. As lame as that sounds. And then I'm like, oh, that's where that joke's going. All right, let's turn it into my voice sort of thing. Something in that, mate, yeah. yeah. Stream of consciousness, just getting it all out. Just whatever comes just goes on the bit of paper. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I've been doing recently is, is doing that, writing out the whole thing and then just slashing all the unnecessary words. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Because I started as a writer before I was a comedian and I... I my prose is, is quite good. Like I can write write a lovely story. Yeah. But as I say, when I put that on stage, it's so fucking wordy. Yeah. Just like, Where's the joke? Definitely. So yeah, actually going through and, and crossing out all the stuff that's erroneous to the joke. It's, yeah. um, it's so helpful as a process, but still on a bit of paper. Still pen and paper. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's um again. That's always scared me to sit down and because I know how many times I hit the backspace button, I'm like. I would hate to have handwritten that and then scribble it out. Start again. Point doesn't like. Yeah. Well, again, I was talking to the boys in the group chat about this yesterday. Um, One of them was like, "Oh, I've started handwriting out my set before I get up, Mm -hmm. and it's helping it stick in my brain better." But I was like, "Well, for me personally, whenever I because I've tried to, I've heard stories about that helping stick in your brain better." But for me, it makes it feel almost like you're back at school and it's like homework. Like, I feel like I'm writing lines, if that yeah, makes right. sense. Yeah. And because of that reason, my brain is just like, let's think about other shit. So I'll still be writing word for word, but I'll be somewhere else, like, thinking about other shit. Yeah. I'm just on autopilot. That's so. interesting, isn't it? Someone said to me that if you're, if you're doing it on a, on a word processor, you spend a lot of time editing, which you tell yourself is writing time. I yeah, understand. okay. But all you're doing is making a new paragraph. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another thing I've wanted to try, which, again, I've heard people say, is like writing in public. Have you yeah. ever tried that? Like uh, writing at cafes, a cafe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sweet. So Does that help you at all? Yeah, I get distracted. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I enjoy watching people too much. Too yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, because the person who told me to try that, they did it for the other reason. They felt, they almost felt like... Um, they had to write because they felt people were watching them. Yeah. So uh, right. it was almost like they had to have a purpose to be there. Okay. So I thought that was a cool way to look at it, but yeah. I'd probably be exactly the same. I'd be like, oh, what order did that lady get? Like, I used to study like that. Did you? Yeah. In public? Yeah. True. Just because I was like, if I'm, I'm here, I, I just like, there's nothing else to do. Than yeah. just that, that's it. Like the amount of times I'll lock myself in the office to write and then even if the kids and stuff don't come and annoy me, I'll... I'll just randomly stop and be like, I wonder what the kids are doing right mm, now. Yeah. And I'll, then I'll be in the yard for three hours, like kicking a soccer ball or something. But the beauty of it is, I guess, if, you, if you're doing it with pen and paper, is that you can leave your phone, leave your computer, leave the internet yeah, definitely. away. Yeah. Because that's my biggest distractor. Yeah. Yep. It's like, oh, fuck, there was an email. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you've checked your email a bit on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. 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 Microsoft Word has a focus mode. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so if you hit focus mode, it'll black out all your screens, all your apps, everything. Oh, really? And the only thing that'll be on your screen is the piece of paper that you're typing on. Wow. And that's helped me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm the same deal. Like, I'll be staring at the apps down the bottom and then an email will pop in or something. I'll be like, oh, I've got five minutes. Yes. Not doing anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not trying to craft a little journey. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my future. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Um... So you got you got your solo show lined up. Anything else in the works for? Uh, just onwards and upwards with the comedy comedy, mate. Because yeah. we started um, when people are coming to the area, we're starting to host them now. So we've got Daniel Muggleton coming. I we're saw doing that. two gigs for him in November. 
uh, at various other people from Sydney and Melbourne sort of reaching out now and sort of saying, hey, we're thinking about going to Brisbane or we're going to the Gold Coast, can we swing by on the way through? And yeah. Can you put us up for a couple of gigs? And So, yeah, hopefully things like that start to happen because I, I think that gives pe- people opportunities as well. 100%. Yeah, has, um, has that sort of area ever really had much comedy and stuff? Because I know... Um, I don't know if you know Luke Kidgel. He's like a younger comedian. He was in Lismore last week, I yep. think it was, and it was like I'd never really heard. Again, I'm not in the area, but I've never really heard t- comedy people touring Lismore and things like that. Yeah, we we get that Sydney comedy festival roadshow thing comes through. Actually, yeah, I, have seen I think that. the yeah. Melbourne International Comedy Festival does yep. the same thing. Um, Jim Owen comes every year. Yeah, that's Aquel cool. lives in the area, so he's he's there every now and again. Yeah. Um, People do come through, um, mm. but as I said, we, we tend to come. I'm going to see Jimmy Reese at the, the Star and mm-hmm. at the Casino yeah. on tomorrow, I think, um, because that's about as close as we can get. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's um, <laughs> I just saw you blank on your calendar there. Yeah. <laughs> you, that's another favourite thing that you have that I love to suss out is when I think I'm working hard and then you put up a post at, like, is it the start or the end of every month or something? And yeah, you're like, yeah, whenever I think of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, these are my gigs for this month. Any room runners that have got anything else that I can jump on, let me know. And I was, I was going through the one you put up yesterday or the day before or something, and I'm like, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. <laughs> what? Like, wow. When do you want spots? Uh, like, <laughs> how am I fucking still married? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. How many um? How many gigs are you doing a week at the moment? If you had to uh, give an average, oh, I guess. average probably four or five. That's crazy, yeah. eh? Especially, are they all sort of predominantly up this way? Can be. Yeah, I'll go down to Coffs. Coffs is about two hours the other way for me. It's, a, it's an easier drive than coming up here. Yeah, that's uh, cool. I um and a bit of local stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, I messaged, um, is it Ben Stevenson? Ben? Yeah, yeah. Message him, so I'm jumping down to Coffs in November, I think he Great. said. So, yeah, I'm keen to take a trip down there. Yeah, they're all good gigs. That yeah. He He's got three rooms and they're all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Scott Scott is the one that hooked me up with that He's as well. He's down there, so, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I think I'm at that point, like you said before, it's good just to get to new areas and tell them your jokes. Like, yeah. even though I might be tired of them in yeah. Brisbane, like... There's a whole range of people that haven't heard of exactly, down there. Yeah, like, and um, because they're not getting comedy regularly, mm. they're really receptive to it. Yeah, I for find sure. That whenever we take something, not to the bush, bush, but if we take it to a, a small country town, so receptive the audiences. Is that that's what you, you were saying about like that's that's what I was saying about um, Willemba. I was like, oh, yeah. it's just it's crazy how much these people loved us being there. Like, yeah, yeah. I almost felt I, I still I wanted. Uh, to yeah. <laughs> I would still like to think I had a good set, but I feel like I, I feel like I could have almost stood up there and said whatever, really, and they just would have fucking cheered for me. Yeah, and, like, they, uh, that, that's always been a good room. That I think I must have done it three or four times over the years, and it, it's yeah. always been good. And yeah, every, every time. Yeah, yeah. The reactions are like that's great. Yeah, no, that that was a um, that was one of the times the drive was well worth. Yes. It. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, fuck, I had something else I wanted to bring up as well, but it's blanking on me. Oh, that was one. That was one that I had. Do you have in your uh, Do you have in your brain one? You, again, you don't have to talk on it if it's gonna affect anyone. But do you remember like your biggest bomb you ever had? But that would have been in the early days or something, or uh, more recently actually. Well, really? the, the, I mean, I've had I've had the one when <laughs> no one laughed and there was just nothing but silence. Yeah, um, I've got a joke in my show about it now. Like I can't remember 
where my worst joke or where my worst gig ever was, but it's probably in Bangalore. Okay. Because I've done three gigs in Bangalore over the years and they've all fucking <laughs> every time there's something wrong with that fucking suburb. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that's a joke in the show. And then the, the last story of the show is about a, a corporate gig I did last Christmas. So I just got to Christmas last year. I'm starting to get some paid corporate work. And I think, oh, fuck, it's all coming together. Like, I'm get, getting paid to do this stuff. And I got booked to do the 10th birthday celebration for the Wide Bay Prostate Cancer Support Group. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> fucking nightmare. How, how does that come about? They well, approach you? I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> so Mike Van Acker, who's a, a professional comedian yep. in prison, he got offered it. He handballed it to Jake at Good Chat. Yeah. <laughs> Jake handballed it to me. I think, oh, fucking unreal. <laughs> I'll have a run at this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was like all the alarm bells were, were ringing before I got there. Like yeah. there was, uh, where was it? It was a place called Petrie. And I thought, oh, Petrie Terrace must be in, yeah. this, must be in the city somewhere. Fucking way up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm like three hours in the car to get there. Oh, great. Good start. <laughs> I get there. Uh, the guy meets me, the guy that booked me, and he said, oh, some of the committee are a bit bit nervous about you being here. They, they didn't want you to come. <laughs> Great. That's a good start. Brilliant. That's good. I said, uh, when will I be on? He said, oh, we haven't worked that out yet. That'll be right. We'll work it out as we go along. So I walk in, fluorescent lit staff room at this Catholic primary school. They're all sat around the walls. And they're all facing the opposite way to where he's got the stage set up. So there's a guy... Who's got? Who's doing sound? Which is a, a kids' karaoke machine. Yeah. And the, the president's wife gets up and starts doing karaoke. Right? She does that uh, Manhattan Transfer song, Chanson de Meur. Okay, yeah, yeah. And she's fucking hooking in. Like, that's a, <laughs> like, this is my time to shine. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that. And she's doing all the, you know, it goes uh, Chanson de Meur, and then it goes Ratatatata, and she's going Ratatatata. <laughs> <laughs> And she's going so hard, she broke the fucking mic. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, the karaoke machine shits itself. They're all still sat around the outskirts of this fluorescent room, just looking cranky. Like, it was me and the urologist, we had the only intact prostates in the room. Every ever prostate had gone. Yeah. So the karaoke shits itself. She throws the mic and storms off. The president comes in. He says, oh, fuck, I haven't done that welcome to country. So he starts doing the Welcome to Country, then realises that he doesn't know how to do the Welcome to Country. And halfway through that, he fucking brings me on. <laughs> I haven't finished the Welcome to Country. Next minute I'm there and I start telling these jerks. And they just fucking hated me. Like they yeah. hated everything about me, from oh, the intact man. prostate to, the, to me trying to, to make them laugh. Oh, they hated it. And it got to the end of it. I, didn't, I think I did 17 minutes of the 20 that they'd booked me for. Oh. <laughs> I was just fucking dying on my hole. Like oh, I yeah. was so bad. And I walked off stage. He slipped me this envelope of her cash, which was nice. I didn't count it. And the lady in the tuck shop, she's giving me this limp sausage roll. <laughs> you know, the irony of the sausage roll being limp is not lost on me at the <laughs> prostate cancer support group. Yeah. And then I got back in the van. And I'm looking at this sausage roll, it's just flopped up in my hand. And I looked in the rear vision mirror of the van, and I saw all the carpet cleaning stuff, and I said, oh, fuck, I'm still in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember that night? So we, we worked together, and I, I ate a heavy bomb one night. And for whatever reason, he was at work at like 
2 a.m. or something. Like, mm. it was maybe midnight. And um, I'd come off this heavy bomb, and I, I don't know why. I was just like, <laughs> I need to know I'm good at something. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, drove, I drove to work <laughs> to build something. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. Building stuff, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I need to know I can do something in life. It's my validation. Yeah. But it's funny you bring up um, Mike Van Acker about that yeah. story. He told us a story at a sit-down open mic the other night, which is probably his story to tell, but it, it adds on to his name and the bombing story. Yeah. He said he did a corporate gig once, and um, it was a fundraiser, and right in the middle of the fundraiser, they brought the lady on that was there for, I think, somebody had passed or something like that. Um, so the MC had come off and she's talking to Mike in the background she's like oh I don't know because he was on after this lady after she gets up there and she's crying bawling her eyes out and he goes yeah let's let's have a break and then I'll come on and do comedy after and she's like yeah yeah that's a great idea and then this lady bawling her eyes out gives her a sob story about her husband or whatever gets off the stage the MC jumps on and she's like all right, we've got some comedy for you. <laughs> <laughs> and brought him straight up. He's like, the crowd fucking hated me. Of course it is, yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like oh, I'm, I'm far enough in my career now to know that, like, he's like, I would have just got on stage at this point and gone, we're going to have a little break. Yeah. After the break, I'm going to come on. And he was like, and that's the other cool thing about, like, the sit-down uh, sit MCs and stuff that they get. A lot of the times they do sit with us out the back and mm. they just tell us stories like that. And it's like, oh, that's like... A cool yeah. little peek behind the curtains. Yeah. What's to come? Like, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> and it's lovely talking to those guys and they tell you stories of when they started. Mm. And the, the, the guys like, um, you know, Fred Lang, who's still around, they all talk about doing gigs with Fred mm. um, yeah. when they first started. And um, someone was telling me a story about Jonathan Atherton, who sadly passed away last year or the year before. Yeah. Um, and how he reacted. I think it was Mark McConville. Okay, yeah, Mark. yeah. So Mark's, Mark's doing a gig at Hotter on the Gold Coast mm. and... Jonathan Atherton's on um, as the as the headliner, and Mark used to record all his sets on a little sort of dictaphone sort of thing. So okay. he's, he's pressed record on his dictaphone. He's put it on the table in front of Jonathan, Jonathan Atherton. Mm. When he's listening back to it, Jonathan's going, "Oh, look at you, <laughs> <laughs> you little sweet thing." <laughs> that's, uh, that's so good. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's always fun to fuck with people out the back, yeah. but. Um, Again, I'm not at the point of fucking too, too much. They get angry. They're like, fuck, I was running a new bit. I wanted to hear how it went. Yeah. I'm just fucking I can tell you whispering. how it went. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. But yeah, we uh, we better let you shoot off. You've got a gig tonight. Oh, yeah. In, in classic JP style. Gigs all night, every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, appreciate you coming up. And thanks for having us. It's no, been fun. No worries. But um, also, thanks for everyone. We uh, I don't know if our little message last week about... Not sharing the podcast worked, but keep not a, sharing. Yeah, keep not sharing. <laughs> keep doing whatever you're doing. Um, yeah, tell your friends. Like no, one friend. Yeah, tell one. Tell your one best friend. That's right. Um, and yeah, help help grow this thing. But yeah, thanks, JP, and thanks, guys. Thank see you, you around the traps. Yeah, thank you. See you, right, see you later. <laughs>